0: Are are we indeed live?
1: (laughs) We are indeed live.
0: (laughs) This is no fair. Um, I'm obviously not at home. I'm in in the car and and using my phone, you guys, to come. And so it still (laughs) says this is scheduled and gives me the option to go live. And I didn't even get to dance this morning. I've I've been robbed of our intro it's just said that you know your whatever is muted while while the video plays I'm like no
1: I was wondering if you just weren't dancing because you were in public in the car
0: no I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the replay just so I can get my Wednesday morning dancing
1: (laughs) Excellent
0: idea. It's this is so bizarre because I can't even. It, it really, it doesn't even appear that like we're we're live, but I'll just trust that we are, and and go with it. Um, good morning from Kansas. I am in Topeka, Kansas this morning. Our son had a, a doctor's appointment, so we had to push this back a, an hour, and um, so that I could be on. And so that has us in Topeka. We are in our state's capital city, and um, pulled over in a parking lot. So the car wasn't bouncing around. And anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. How are you, Vince?
1: Excellent. Having a great morning. It's uh, nice and calm here.
0: Very good. And Very good. and I I've do. I, I declare hours. that
1: my. Yeah, I declare that my uh, uh, internet is going to work great today.
0: Ooh, I I agree with that declaration, but but you were frozen for a second, so
1: <laughs> you know
0: maybe it, that this was just is, a month. this is
1: my, my ongoing problem here, and so happened on Invictus yesterday, and I cut out for I don't know how long.
0: Oh no, that must have been before I popped on. It was early. Oh no.
1: Right in the middle of talking too.
0: This I, I it's it's actually cutting out right in the middle of you talking now too. Um, we'll just jump right in. We are we are going to be reading First Timothy um, chapter one this morning. I just there's there's some really great nuggets of truth just in that one chapter really in the first few verses it's just chock full of wisdom and and of course we know that this is the apostle paul writing to to timothy he is his spiritual father or spiritual son however you want to look at that i could go off even on that subject this morning but it's just not where we're going um vince why don't you jump in and and you can start reading or do whatever it is that you want want to do? Because I know that God gave you very specific things that you wanted to pull out.
1: Yeah. um, We can read through it first and then have discussion if you would prefer. Either way. Okay. We'll just go ahead and read here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience And a sincere faith. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. For the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers and immoral men, and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me, because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight keeping faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith among these are Hymenius, and Alexander whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme.
0: Dang.
1: Yeah and you know one thing I love about these broadcasts is uh some of the uh the instructions you put out for these things are just so uh, it's a broad topic. And then it's like, okay, what's Holy Spirit going to say to you? And so uh, it, it's always fun to to look at these things. And you mentioned the word blueprints in uh, the social media posts that went out. And so I was looking at the lessons or frameworks or, or structures to be pulled out from the blueprints. And and even this morning, and this has been an ongoing theme. we have been focused on, on the bride, on the church as, as a whole, and, and not so much focused on the individual person. And, and that focus was really kind of uh, solidified for me uh, by Holy Spirit this morning. And, and you taught about, uh, I can't remember how many weeks back it was on Sunday morning about getting our house in order. I think it was about three weeks ago. Uh, and, and in, the, in this morning, in the discussion I was having with the Holy Spirit, he was talking about, you remember that, get your houses in order. Uh, now I want you to look at getting the body in shape and, and, and getting the body in, and, and be focused on that and what that looks like. And so um, reading through this and, and looking at the current state of, of the church or, or the bride, uh, I can't help but see uh, the influence culture and society has that uh, really doesn't want anything to do with God. There is is nothing that is being pushed out into uh, the public um, that we're seeing here in North America, uh, really in the U.S. and Canada. There's nothing right. being pushed out that is uh, seeking holiness. We know there are people that are, but they're they're in more of that hidden space right now, and. And really, in fact, culture, society, they are are just racing in the complete opposite direction from holiness. And um, and reading through this, we we can see that in that we're being led away from passion, away from our, our seal for God, for his house. And and we need a reminder uh, of, of, of that passion, of what it is that we're going after, and, and to really focus on his instruction. And the first thing I caught out of that in verse 3, when, when Paul is urging him to stay on, urging Timothy to stay on in Ephesus, if he traveled on to Macedonia, um, was that proximity matter? Obviously, if he had to urge him to stay, Timothy wanted to go with him. He wanted to remain in close proximity with Paul. But really, he needed to stay in pro- close proximity to Jesus. And... and, and he had to urge him to stay, and there was a specific assignment he was giving him, and he needed him to stay there and fight. Not not fight as you would think where there's endless debate and, and those type of things, but there was a fight going on. There. He had to, to come against these, these false teachers who were teaching things that were not uh, the, the gospel, and and so that proximity... Uh, it matters. It matters to be able to stay close to Jesus so you can be in tune with what it is he's saying and be able to release that. And And I just started thinking, what, it, what does that look like to be in close proximity? And the only thing, uh, uh, only picture I had of that is like the uh, Elijah-Elisha relationship, where Elisha wanted to stay in such close proximity so he could see everything that was happening. And that's the kind of relationship we right. need to have with Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I would even say that you know that the charge that that Paul is giving him is to hold the line of no compromise, which is what God has said to us. Have we understood all that that entails? Absolutely not. We've been able to point to the obvious things and and started to create plans based on the obvious things that that are easy to clean up. But, but God is wanting us to be very detailed in, in this cleaning up that, that's going on within the church, within the bride, because he is after holiness. And, and that's, that's the charge that he gives to, to Timothy. He's like, stay. I need you to stay and hold the line, right? I need you to be the representation of holiness for the people. And that's just it. Are we willing? to live in such close proximity to the Lamb of God that we are capable of putting holiness on display just because we are are we capable of doing that by and large we could probably say no not not at this point like we have moments of of being able to put holiness on display but you know you 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 think back over the stories that we've been told about the greats that have gone before us and 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 people that walked in such purity and holiness that that towns whole towns would feel them coming and repentance would hit them before the man ever even showed up i mean like this is severe holy <laughs> and that's the kind of trembling that is is really like i feel like that's what's on that's like this mounting wave that's getting ready to crash over us is that that level of holiness where it causes that that fear and trembling because he is good because his goodness takes over all of our senses and that's what and at this point they're seeing the. They're seeing holiness slipping. They're seeing purity slipping in their houses, right? In their their gathering places, when they gather together, they're seeing that that holiness slip. And and for us, that's not an experience we have. We have been in the slip, right? <laughs> like yeah. that's that's been our experience of of church life is is living in the compromise and and so we get to be those who put holiness on display once again we get to put holiness on display once again and and i love that we're being called into that but the part that really um grabbed my attention was starting in verse three even as i exhorted you when i was going into macedonia to remain in ephesus in order that you might charge certain ones not to teach different things nor to give heed to myths and unending genealogies which produce questionings rather than God's economy which is in faith and and we have to like read between the lines here because he's talking about something very specific that's going on in the house of Ephesus, that, you know, they're they're getting into genealogies and wives' tales and, and all kinds of things, and this is what they're preaching, and Paul's like, no more, like, there is a standard in God's house, and and Timothy, I want you to represent what that standard is, and I think for us that we could point to any hot topic agenda in our world that's being preached from the pulpit. And on any given Sunday from the man of God and, and, and right here we have it, you know, these are the things that are causing questionings in the hearts of the people, rather than pushing them towards reaching out for faith to lay hold of faith and apply it to their lives. Anything that we are teaching in our churches that isn't pushing, propelling people toward Reaching for faith, for that next level of faith, that next level of faith, it's creating questioning, and it just doesn't belong among us. It's not what the church was made for, and we should not be administering that false gospel. It isn't the purity of Jesus Christ and him crucified. It has nothing to do with it. It's just man attempting to make the church relevant, and she was never intended to be.
1: Yeah, relevance just happens by lifting Jesus high. It, it, it's just right. the the nature of it, and it, like you're saying, anything else, preach anything that you're preaching outside of the gospel, that's compromise, and and, right. and you're you're just bringing in something that shouldn't be, and, and that's that that was specifically what they're combating here, and and he goes goes down into uh in between verses 12 and 17 he's talking about um being not being able to to use ignorance you know you have uh you have this example right here and uh basically you you, you no longer have ignorance to stand on you, you, you can't you can't use that as an excuse uh as as someone who is a believer and uh if if when paul was talking about you know he was doing all these bad things when he was an unbeliever because it was out of ignorance which implies now that he's a believer when you become a believer you no longer have ignorance to stand on you just have willful disobedience that's all it is And, and uh it mature believers, young believers, you have the conviction of Holy Spirit. So you cannot use ignorance as an excuse. And in that right there, Paul is starting to make the the case for us to to escape our enslavement to sin because we have the voice of Holy Spirit inside of us that will lead us away from those things. And, And we have to understand that if we are looking at this as the church, as the body, then uh, we're all currently enslaved to sin. Because if one believer is enslaved to sin, we're all infected as the body. Right, the entire body is infected, and so we have to understand. We cannot use ignorance anymore. We have to start calling these things out, calling out what's right. sin, and just and just being honest. Right. And you mentioned a minute ago um, that we're, we're we'll tackle the things that are easy to clean up but we won't tackle the things that are difficult because right. it's, it, it, it affects reputation. It affects uh, uh, reach and, and status and all of these different things that we concerned about in the world and, and have absolutely no place in, in the body. And so I think we have to be careful about uh, the ignorance we try to stand on as believers and, and it just, it can't be something that we're, we're wielding around any longer.
0: Right. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to be more careful and more clear as to what it means to be a minister unto Jesus Christ. You know, we, we've been kind of frivolous with this out, out of, I think, you know, um, just lack of of knowledge that that we've just anybody can anybody can you know do the work of the lord which is true but there is there is a line that has to be held there's a standard that has to be upheld in order to count yourself as one who is Ministering under Jesus Christ, which means we are lifting him high at every angle. Anytime that we are bringing in a a, a whole different agenda into the church setting, we are lifting high something else altogether and, and, you know, draw your own conclusions, friends. If it's not Jesus Christ, it's something lesser. And, and that's not, you know, that's just not what we're made for. And he says, if I be lifted high, he will draw all men. We think that he needs our help. He needs our help, our our additives of, well, if I actually pull this in, then, you know, it's going to actually draw more people in. That's a lie. It is a lie. It isn't going to draw more people in. It's actually what you're doing by bringing that in is you're lulling the person to sleep into an even deeper sleep than they already are in because it's only Jesus Christ that can awaken us to the fullness of his glory and holiness. And that's what we're after is drawing attention to the lamb and the lamb alone. And if you're someone who's after all of these peripheral things that like... Here's the deal. I know you see the problems of the world, but the only thing that is going to create the solution is by lifting Jesus high. He will give you solutions when you're in that space. Go apply them. Don't gather people to them. There's the difference. We want to gather people to these peripheral agendas rather than just becoming the solution and taking care of it. When we gather people to the problem, we're emphasizing a lesser thing and take the focus off of Jesus Christ. It is only through the magnification of Jesus Christ that the world will ever see any kind of transformation and so if you're someone who has all of these peripheral ideas in mind you aren't actually after ministry you're actually after a club you have club mentality pull yourself out of the church context and go have your club call it that don't put on this facade that it is somehow unto christ because it's not it's under your preferential agenda yikes So if you're actually someone who's called to to minister to Jesus Christ, you have to lay all of these exterior things down. They cannot be part of what you're doing. When you're leading people, when you're called to be within the church government, you have to draw all eyes to Jesus at all times. That's where any solution is going to come from. That's when we're going to be weaponized is in that space and that space alone. Lay down all of the other agendas. They have no business being in the church. They just don't.
1: They really don't. And I, 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 I have to emphasize what you said uh, a minute ago. You you said, um, "What is the standard?" And the standard is lifting Jesus high. We cannot miss that. And I, I'm I I, will, I just can't help but belabor that point. We cannot miss lifting Jesus high. Because it's where everything's gonna flow out of. And mm-hmm. and we're we're all, we might not all be called the leadership, but we are all called to minister to Jesus. And so right. all the peripheral things have got to go. We can't yes. be focused on any of that stuff. It, it just pulls attention away. It, it, and I wish I had the, the reference in front of me, but you know, we can't. We can't be so distracted that things are pulling our attention away from Jesus to the left or right, politics, uh, religion, all the infighting that we see going on within the church, which makes us ineffective out in the world. It, it, it right. doesn't allow us to bring light to the darkness like we should be. It, it just causes right. more more chaos. and And then we just wind up being in darkness ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: and when we lift Jesus high, though, all of the all of those peripheral things become um, unimportant. They just lose significance right. in in what we think we want or what direction we think about,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and when was the last time that, that the list here in verse 10 was actually used in a church context to, um, to pull people out of the enslavement thereof? You know, you've got fornicators, homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and whatever other thing that is opposed to the healthy teaching. When was the last time that those, those items were not used for debate? as to whether Jesus is serious about that list. You know, when, when was the last time that it was actually plain, that this these are things that are enslavement to sin? We use these things in church context to create debate in the hearts of man, whether God was serious. And he is, he's serious about holiness. And if we're going to continue to, to debate about these topics in our society as the church, we can't see the transformation, We won't see the transformation if you're if you're involved in a church that's still debating these issues and creating debate in the hearts of man run like there is no holiness surrounding you. When we are debating the very things that God is calling unclean, we're at opposition with God, not man, God.
1: I don't, I don't want to be in opposition. <laughs> I, I continually uh, keep going back to the words holiness, obedience, and discipline. Right now, that, that is that is where Holy Spirit has me, and I, I think that is is a message for all of us. We want to we want to appease rather than be obedient, and, and that is that's compromise. Again, it's compromise, right. um, and. and and what you're what you're talking about in these churches, they're not tolerating something; they're actually moving into acceptance and even adoption of these things, which is 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 full depravity, on the far extreme end. It, it is it is uh, racing away from holiness, and and there is no obedience to Christ there. They they want to uh, use this under the guise of of acceptance and, um, and and inclusion. And that's not what we need to be pointing towards. We need to be pointing towards holiness. And, and if you are not sitting yeah. at the feet of Jesus in that close proximity, you're going to miss these things. And you're going to be led around by society rather than by Jesus. And, and it's it's scary to me it's scary that part of the body uh, of believers that that i share oneness with thinks this way and wants to move in that direction and and it just if you've ever had a joint pulled out a socket you understand the pain that that the body of christ is feeling right now and yeah. it's excruciating and it's it's not something that I personally want to be a part of, which is why I, I'm fully on board with the focus of getting the body in shape, getting the house in order, get the yeah. body in shape.
0: Love that. That's so good. That's so good. Get your house in order and get the body in shape. And and that's it's of utmost importance. That, that we take these things seriously. We've been so lackadaisical concerning our relationship with God, thinking that, you know, he's, I'm fine, he's fine, we're all fine, right? And and that's not the case. I mean, this is something that he's been drawing our attention to for a long time now. And, and we're just now being awakened to what it is that he's really after in the seriousness of his heart towards us, and it's not so that he can smite us; it's because he loves us, and he wants great things for us. And 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 you you've got to love Paul's angle here because he's always telling on himself. Listen, I was the worst of, right? Like I was the worst of. He's the one who says, you know, while we were at our worst. Christ died. This man is at his worst. He is opposing Jesus Christ. Single-handedly, he's opposing Jesus Christ. And and so he's he's taking that and and he's going like, "I was once this way and that's how I can tell you. This is the only thing that works. It's the glory of God. But we have to be walking in holiness. We have to lay hold of the faith that is ours if we're going to see Jesus fully glorified the way that he deserves to be. Which means we have to enter into repentance, right? Repent for the kingdom of God is near. I mean, I'm not terribly old, but this is the first time in my life where I feel that, you know? Like, I, I feel that. It's not just something that people say. Like, I feel the kingdom's nearness, and, um, and and his holiness, my goodness, his holiness shakes me and um, and mostly just makes me want to cry because I'm just like, who could turn their gaze from you? Right. I mean, it's just like he's so worthy of all of my affections. He's so worthy of all of my affections. And here's the deal. We have to be willing I love that you brought up proximity because we have to be willing to stay, stay at his feet. We have to stay. We're talking about hard things, but we're doing so from his feet. It's because we know and we believe that what he can do like that. I mean, like he can do things so quickly and just with no notice at all, things change. But we have to do so from his feet. So if you are a change agent, which you are, do so from his feet. You have to understand that first you're a servant. You are first a servant. You are you are one who serves at the feet of the master. You you minister unto Jesus Christ and everything, and I mean everything else is overflow it's all overflow. If I minister here first, if this becomes my priority and my proximity is about being near you, like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to go live again because Anne Marie's going to listen. Right? Like if, if that, if that becomes my source of proximity, the, uh, run, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's not going to be authentic. There won't be any fruit that comes from it. And we want fruit we want fruit. Listen, say that over yourself. I want the fruit. Like we have gone fruit. without fruit. We are, we are basically in, you know, a dried up condition. We are, we're, we're, we're prunes and, um, and we want the juicy full fruit because that's what he's worthy of. So we have to stay within reach of Jesus Christ and allow the overflow to do the work.
1: You mentioned repentance. Um, I love Romans 2 4 and and this is out of the amplified it says are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent and in in elaborating on that it says to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will I mean that's the whole point of chapter two in Romans is the the inner self you know that's that's what matters. Not this outward appearance or the, the 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 facade you put on for other people, to to see. Right. It, it's that inner place, that repentance that needs to take place, so we can we can dive into the space of holiness and, and and yeah, like sit at His feet continually. I'll, I'll, we can't allow the other things to distract us, and, and when we are able to get to that space of repentance and continue to move on and and like what paul is instructing timothy at the end of this chapter is to wield his prophetic words like a weapon yes he says this command i entrust to you timothy my son in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you fight the good fight that there's there's something he wants him to wield that there, that there there is an empowerment that's coming out of that. There's a grace to do the things that he has.
0: Yeah. Doing. I'm not sure which one of us is frozen.
1: <laughs> it's it's me. Is it my you? Back. Okay. Yeah. I, I got the little, I got the that little really meter there.
0: Point.
1: I got the little okay. meter there that says I'm, I'm, I'm going low. So, um, we've got to wield the words spoken over us and, and, I, and we have to be very, uh, uh, particular about partnering with those words. And I was listening to something, um, it might've been yesterday. No, it had to have been Monday. I was listening to something and I, and I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about prophetic words given to people and the individual prophetic words. And, uh, they said that they, they, uh, get to a space where they tell God, I don't want another one until I partner with this one and I see it come to fulfillment because I don't want to be distracted from what you've already said to me, what you've already given me to, to wield, uh, uh, over my life and and over whatever situation i am called into whatever my assignment is. I have grace for that right now. And, and I don't want to be distracted from it. And, and I thought that was so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's pretty audacious
0: Yeah.
1: to, to even have that thought to say, God, I don't want another, I don't want something else individual for yeah. me because this hasn't been released yet. And so right. uh, uh, I, I just think we have to be resolute, tenacious, in, that's in, in wisdom in suit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we have to be resolute and, and, absolutely tenacious in, in pursuing a partnership with the words that God has, has given us and has chosen to release over us.
0: The, The one thing that I'll say about that is, you know, when, when there is somebody broadcasting and that's what they're doing is handing out prophetic words and you can feel the gimme, gimme, gimme behind the the comments and just like the and the hunger's wrong it's like a twisted hunger tell me more about myself it has nothing to do with Jesus. Their eyes are fixed on self rather than on Jesus. And we've got to pull out from that movement that needs to be put to bed because it's, it's gross at best where we're, we're constantly wanting the mirror in front of us. Tell me more about myself. I'm not going to do anything about it, but tell me more about myself. Make me feel good in my misery, in my lack of doing anything. Tell me another word. What'd you do with the last one? And are you warring with it? I, I, I love this where he's saying, you know, take that and let it become your sword. Take that and let it become your sword. And I would even go as far as saying, like, I, I'm praying that nobody prophesies over you until you have picked up the sword you already have assigned mm-hmm. to you. Like, no more words until you have begun to war with the one you already have in your hand.
1: Oh, that's good. That's real
0: good. Anyway, I think that we're breaking up really bad, so we should probably just end this. (laughs) So, anyway, thank you for joining our conversation, our disjointed conversation. We're having some technical difficulties, and obviously, coming in remote is not the easiest thing, because it still doesn't appear that we're live to me, but... We bless the rest of your week, and um, you can join us on um, Friday. I'll be on on Friday morning at 9 a.m., and until then, we'll just tell you goodbye, and we love you.